0: My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here. If you have a Bible, would you turn with me to Mark chapter 4? We're going to continue our sermon series on the cross-shaped life, looking at the gospel of Mark, looking at Mark 4, verses 1 through 20 today. If you're going to use one of the Bibles that we have underneath the chair in front of you, it's on page 1067. Hear now God's holy and true word. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depths of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding Thirtyfold and sixty-fold and a hundredfold, and he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables, and he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive' But those that were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we have come before you this morning. We have confessed that we don't deserve your love and we have been assured that through Christ we have it. We... Long now to see into this text, to see Christ. We do pray that you will bless this time, that you will use this time to transform us, to make us more like your son, to help us to see his glory. And we pray that you'll use this time now that we spend in your precious and perfect word to transform us, that we might run with the gospel to our neighbors and to the nations. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You ever heard of the uh, mosquito tone? There's a ringtone you can actually download for your phone called the mosquito tone. It was something that was developed over in Great Britain by some people who wanted to keep youngsters, teenagers from loitering around department stores and malls. And so what they did is uh, realizing that as Human beings get older, we lose our ability to hear high and low frequencies. And so by the time you're 25, the highest pitch you can hear is about 16 kilohertz, that frequency. And so they made it at 17. And so what would happen is as teenagers were loitering around the malls and stuff, they would start playing the sound. And the adults would just, you know, just keep looking, oh, there's a sail over here. It wouldn't bother them at all. But the teenagers would be like, what is that? What is that? It would drive them away. Well, uh, they, I don't think they do that as much anymore. But uh, the tables have turned because now uh, young kids, especially here in America, have, have downloaded this thing as a ringtone. So now their phone can ring in class. And the teacher has no idea. But they know that they're getting a phone call. So uh, go, uh, what goes around comes around, I suppose. But that reality of losing your hearing is just something we'll all deal with, the physical hearing um, But when we think about this text this morning and think about our relationship with Christ, we see that hearing is absolutely critical. And that we would want to do everything we can to protect our hearing of God's word uh, as we follow Christ. If we want to grow, if we want to change, if we want to be made into the image of Christ as we were predestined to be, it is imperative that we continue to hear in the biblical sense of hearing and applying, believing, accepting. And so this morning's gospel fact is this, that the cross-shaped life involves real life change as a result of accepting God's word as truth. As we accept this book as truth, that's what changes us. We're going to do this uh, by talking about two things. I want to hit on two things this morning. First, we'll talk about the secret of the kingdom. And then we'll talk about four ways to respond to Jesus, the secret of the kingdom, and then four ways that people respond. Uh, before we move forward, I do want to show you, we got another sandwich this week. And uh, if you weren't here last week, you're probably like, excuse me, sandwich? Uh, last week, I explained that Mark, in his teaching method, he likes to, uh, as the author of our gospel, he likes to make sandwiches, meaning he will tell a story, and then he'll interrupt it with another story, and then he'll finish the original story. And what the point of that inserted part sort of helps understand the whole thing. And so uh, the parable and the explanation make up the bread this week. And then this little inserted part where Jesus talks about the secret of the kingdom is sort of the meat. So we're actually going to go there first to understand the parable and Jesus' explanation. So if you want to keep your Bibles open, uh, we're going to be looking at these verses. And we're going to start with chapter 4, 10 through 13. So look there with me and let's talk about the secret of the kingdom of God. Verse 10. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve, so right off the bat, we're talking about the twelve apostles, but also the disciples, people who had put their faith in him. So when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see, but not perceive and indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So right off the bat, we have an importance of this parable. Something that we learn in this parable will help us to understand any of the parables. And here's the thing that we want to see here, that faith in Christ is the key to understanding God's world and God's word. Okay, All of the Bible only makes sense through faith in Christ, a relationship with Christ, and the world at large. There are things that we can only understand in relationship to who Christ is, who he is portrayed to be in the scriptures. And so that's our, our key thing to, to look at right now, that faith in Christ is the key to understanding things, understanding the world, understanding God's word. Notice in verse 1, Jesus is preaching to a huge crowd, okay, so big that he has to get into a boat push the boat offshore a little bit so he can speak to all these people massive crowd and he and he gives the parable but then in private when the disciples come then he gives them some information and look at that word secret in verse 11 there he says to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of god that word secret is the Greek word Mysterion, and it sounds like mystery and it's translated as mystery several times in the New Testament. It means something that is hidden, something that needs to be revealed. And ultimately what he's getting at here is the fact that uh, Satan has blinded the world to the glory of God. The world, apart from faith in Christ, cannot see that Christ is glorious. They cannot see that God is merciful. They can't understand these things. Uh, Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians 4.4 where he says the God of this world, little g referring to Satan, he says the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Uh, he also uses this word secret or mystery over 20 times in his epistles, the Apostle Paul does. And ultimately what he's talking about when he's using it is he's referring to the fact uh, that people without faith in Christ, they're not going to understand what those of us with faith in Christ are able to understand. It won't make sense. Uh, they won't be able to accept it. Like, for example, in 2 Corinthians I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. We, through faith, have the Holy Spirit, and it's only through the work of the Holy Spirit that we understand anything in God's Word. And what we understand is that Christ is what has been revealed. He is who's been revealed. Paul talks about this too in, in, first, uh, in, in sorry, Colossians 1, 26 and 27. He says, The mystery... Hidden for ages, that's that same word, secret. Uh, The secret hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints, which is Christ in you. Okay, another verse would be Colossians 2.2. He talks about the full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. And so what we're seeing in Paul is what we're seeing, that, that what Christ is saying is he is the secret. He is what is revealed. He is what has been given to people who have faith christ therefore is the key to understanding this parable to understanding all of god's word to understanding everything that it is through faith in christ that we have this understanding think about this he gives the parable to all these people but it's only those who have faith that come to him and say what are you talking about what does that mean and it's the ones who are in relationship with christ by faith that get the explanation. So they're able to understand because they're in relationship with him. He, therefore, explains to them. So people who do not have faith in Christ, therefore, are not going to be able to see the things that you and I see in the scriptures, in the world. We're not going to our our ideas and uh, visions and views of the world are never going to line up perfectly. Because we are able to see things through faith. We've been given the key to understanding all of life and all of the world. So as the world continues to carry on without faith in Christ, there's always going to be animosity. There's always going to be differences. Like, for example, in our view of sexuality. The world's view of sexuality in our country is morphing and changing all the time. and It's moving farther and farther away from what God says, isn't it? And that is because the world does not have the key to understanding why God would have things the way he does in his word. They don't have Christ they don't have faith in Christ and so they can't understand which is why Jesus quotes from Isaiah here look back at verse 12 look at verse 12 Uh, this is a quote from Isaiah and Isaiah said that people were going to see but not perceive they were going to hear but not understand or they would turn and they would be forgiven this is a fulfillment of that that people are not able to see they're not able to really hear and they don't turn and they aren't Forgiven. Unless that is, they've been given something. And that is what we've been given. For those of us who have faith in Christ, it was something given to us. We didn't earn it, we didn't do it on our own. It was a gift given to us. God gave us the secret. He gave us His Son through whom we can understand all things. And as we look at the world through the lens of Christ and His cross, things make much more sense. Do you remember um, stereograms? You may not uh, recognize. I didn't know that's what they were called until I was trying to look up what they were. But they were popular, I don't know, maybe a decade ago. Everybody had one. You've probably got one in your closet. They were those pictures. And when you look at it, it doesn't look like anything. It's just kind of a hodgepodge mosaic of colors and shapes. And you walk by and you're like, eh. And you keep going. And it doesn't have any impact on you because it just looks kind of weird. Unless somebody tells you what? The secret. They tell you that, actually, wait, stare at it. And if you would stare at these pictures, uh, the longer you would stare, eventually some sort of 3D image would appear, and you'd suddenly blurt out, oh, it's a sailboat! You know, And everybody's looking at you like, what is his problem? And you know, it's because you saw it, because you stared long enough. Somebody told you the secret, and then you saw it. And in the same way that if someone had not revealed to you how you actually see the 3D image within the picture you would have never seen it and it's the same thing that when god gave us faith that's what enabled us to see that christ is glorious that he is the savior that he is the lord in fact all the prophets are and all the scriptures are saying to us stare at the picture in the scriptures and what we see forming is this perfect image of christ himself but we have to be given that secret. We have to be made aware through the work of the Holy Spirit. And so the Bible teaches that, that God has given us this gift of faith and that's what enables us to see, to stare into the mystery, to stare into the face of Christ and see how He is glorious and how He is the Savior and how He is compassionate and how He loves us. That's what faith is. Faith is choosing to believe that it is through knowing Christ that we can understand. The word and the world as well. So what we need to do is uh, develop a habit, a habit of running to Christ. And when we don't understand things, we run to Christ for understanding. That's what he's doing with the disciples right here. He's helping them form a habit that when they don't know what's going on, when they don't quite understand something, they run to him and they say, make this make sense, Jesus, and he does. And so we need to have that habit as well, that we would have a habit of running to Christ and understanding the world through the lens Of Christ and his cross. He's teaching them. He's teaching us to look to him for understanding. You know what? What might they not have understood? Lots of stuff, right? At this point, I'm sure there was lots of things they didn't understand. One of the things they probably didn't understand was why they were following Jesus and other people were getting ready to try to have him killed. This was probably a very confusing thing. For them, And so Jesus addresses this by talking about these four ways to respond, the four different ways that we see that we've seen people respond so far in Mark's gospel. So let's talk about four ways to respond. And here's the key thing we want to see here. Uh, Faith in Christ is what enables us to understand things. And then it's the acceptance of those things that changes us. In other words, life change comes after we hear and accept God's word. This is really good news for anyone, especially if there are some of us who sort of feel like we've hit a rough patch, more maybe a stagnant place in our faith where we're just not growing like we once were. This is a call to you and me to open our minds again, open our hearts, and accept whatever the Word of God teaches so that we are changed by it. That's when change happens, when we accept what the Word of God says. Think, think of it this way. If you were standing here and there was a fire behind you, but for some reason you couldn't see it, but you could feel it and I could see it and I see you getting kind of warm and sweaty and I say to you, "Um, there's a fire behind you and you don't accept it. You hear me, but you don't accept it. Then nothing happens, right? And you continue to get warm. You continue to get uncomfortable. And I may say again, there is a fire behind you. And if you don't accept it again, nothing changes. But the second that you accept what I'm saying and move... Things change, right? And so we want to see that importance of hearing and accepting what God's word says in this text. And we see it in these four responses. And as we look at these four responses, I want you to keep in mind that Jesus doesn't really um, make clear believer-unbeliever distinctions. So there may be some gray area here that we need to be okay with. Uh, we know that from a divine perspective, I just talked about it, we have to be given faith. That's why we just saying, my Lord, I did not choose you, for that could never be. My heart would still refuse you if you had not chosen me. But at the same time, the tension between God's sovereignty and our responsibility is not relaxed in the Scriptures, and we shouldn't relax it either, which is why we're saying, I called, you answered. Okay, It's both. We see the tension between... God's sovereignty and our responsibility to respond, and it's through those things uh, we are transformed. So let's look at this now, seeing that Jesus is definitely approaching this from a human perspective. And looking at verse 15, we're primarily going to focus on verses 14 through 20, uh, the explanation. Look at 15. He says, these are the ones sown along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Now, if you think about who he could be talking about so far, he's going to give four responses, and we've really seen about four different responses in Mark's gospel so far. This sounds a lot like the scribes, doesn't it? They, they're not accepting what Jesus says at all. From the very beginning, the scribes and Pharisees, they have skeptical questions, moves all the way to where they're saying Jesus is possessed by the devil. Okay, so there's, uh, there's no acceptance on their part, and therefore there's no life change. There's no growth. They are the same okay now let's move to the next one look at uh, verse 16 he talks about the ones in the rocks these are the ones sown on the rocky ground the ones who when they hear the word immediately receive it with joy and they have no root in themselves but endure for a while then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word immediately they fall away this sounds a lot like the crowds i mean these are huge crowds that are forming around jesus Okay, and we see that, but what's interesting about Mark in his gospel is he never portrays a crowd as a positive thing. In fact, the crowds are usually portrayed as a negative thing. It's uh, very often the crowds are portrayed as an obstacle. Think back to when Jesus healed the paralytic. Why did they have to go through the roof? Because the crowd was in the way. This is a really important thing for pastors to remember that a crowd does not mean success. OK, so Mark pictures the crowds as it can be a negative thing. Jesus in John chapter six says to a huge crowd, you guys are here because you're hungry. In other words, you're not really wanting to know me. And let the gospel go deeper into your heart. You want to get fed. You're looking for your basic needs to be met. And so uh, this is probably referring to the crowds. They they're excited at first, but when things get tough, they're going to take off. And really what we're seeing is the the seed is not deep enough. Their understanding of Jesus is too shallow. They're just focused on things getting better. And so we see that as uh, even in Mark 3, verse 8, Mark says that they were coming, the crowds were coming because they had heard what he was doing, not what he was saying. So that's another response. We see the scribes' response. We see the crowds. Uh, Let's look at the next one uh, starting in 18. He's talking about the thorns. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches... And the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. That sounds a lot like his family, doesn't it? I mean, they loved him. Uh, they they loved their brother. Mary loved her son. But there was something that was sort of preventing them from really giving Jesus complete control. Remember, we talked about this last week. They were trying to control things. There was some area of their life they weren't willing to give completely over to Jesus. And so uh, we could say that they... Uh, Their acceptance of Jesus is there, but it's not alone. They're accepting what Jesus is saying, but they're also accepting what other voices are saying to them. Maybe about protecting their reputation, maybe about who knows. Maybe it has to do with uh, riches. We don't know. But what we can see is there was something in competition for their complete affection and complete uh, love for Jesus. And then uh, the good soil, look at verse 20, but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he is obviously talking about the disciples there. Now, perhaps at this point they hadn't experienced 100-fold life change, but think about the fact that he uses the metaphor of a seed, doesn't he? And a seed gets planted and gets, needs some depth, and then it begins to sprout and grow and it's over time so it's over time that these things happen it's over time that as we accept more and more of god's word as true that's what brings about more and more change you know we don't understand god's word until we stand under it and once we're standing under it and it's the authority and we accept it that's what brings about real change in our lives you know sinclair ferguson uh, would say that the parables jesus would use them like a mirror they're designed to be like a mirror, that we would look into these things and see ourselves, see where we're at. Uh, I remember a time in my life when I hated mirrors. Um, as some of you know, I think I mentioned it before, I had a real uh, vicious uh, battle with acne uh, long ago, and it was so bad that I, just, I didn't want to ever look in the mirror. I'd go for days without looking in the mirror because uh, I just did not want to see what was there. But I was on this medication that was supposed to be fixing it. And I was supposed to be giving reports back to my doctor who's five hours away. So I had to. I had to look in the mirror in order to see if this medicine was working and that's what we need to do as a church just to look into this parable see if we see ourselves see if our tendencies are there so that uh, the medicine of the gospel can set us free to be accepting God's word let's look at this as a mirror maybe you can uh, detect that you are uh, responding to Jesus sort of like a scribe you're just not accepting what's being said and what you would need to hear from this text is that that, that means nothing's going to change. When we just reject God's word, it just it doesn't change us. So that would be reason for you to be, make yourself willing to accept. Uh, what about the rocks and the crowds? Maybe some of us struggle with um, our faith sometimes is not as deep as we know it ought to be. And we get so, uh, this happens to me all the time, Uh, you get so sort of focused on what I want, the things I think I want and I think I need, that I forget that I'm really wanting. What I desperately really want is to truly know Christ, to truly understand him more and more. And so maybe sometimes we can see ourselves in here as having uh, sort of a shallow faith. Maybe maybe some of us uh, see ourselves like Jesus' family. We know we love him, but there are definitely some things competing for our affection and we're... We're sort of letting those things win, and it's preventing us from changing. Notice that he says uh, that they're unfruitful. There's no fruit there. And so when we love Jesus but love other things equally, it stunts our growth. Maybe we can see ourselves there. Hopefully, none of us were like, Oh, there I am. Good soil. I see me. Yeah, that's me. I uh, I hear and accept everything. Hopefully, that was not your response. Um, The good news is. If you are living a life of repentance and faith, if you've trusted in Christ alone for your salvation, you are good soil. But the humble thing to do would be to recognize that we have these tendencies. And it's the gracious mercy of God to call us from these tendencies to. The good soil response that brings us back to a place where we can be changed. So the. The call for us to be striving to accept what the word says is key. Anything else is going to prevent us from growing and experiencing the gospel's power to transform us, to make us new. That word accept in verse 20, the Greek word is parodekomai uh, And it's really interesting. It, it means to admit, to accept, or to delight in. Isn't that amazing? That we, as we accept what the Bible says and just say, well, if the Bible says it, then that's true. We begin to delight in it as well. What an amazing thing. You know, Jesus doesn't command anything in this parable, does he? There's not an imperative. There's just a reality of, of the importance of hearing. If you were to look back through, you'd see the word hear or listen at least eight times. The Greek word for hear uh, is akouo. We see it eight times in this passage, especially in verse nine. He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And that's not saying the same thing twice. That's not saying he who can physically hear my voice, physically hear my voice. Uh, The Greek word akouo is used to both mean physically hearing and then also spiritually hearing, like heeding what you are hearing, obeying, submitting to it bowing to it as true. So Jesus is literally saying there, he who has been given the gift of faith, exercise that faith and accept what the word says as true and let that change you. Hearing and accepting, hearing and accepting, that's what brings about life change. That's what brings about transformation in our lives. We need to hear and accept what the Bible says and we grow. Hear and accept and grow. Think about hearing uh, the basic things of of becoming a Christian. We hear, the Holy Spirit helps us to hear that uh, that we are sinners, that we've all fallen short of the glory of God, and that we deserve the wrath of God, that uh, gets our hearts ready for uh, the good news, that in Christ we receive complete forgiveness. We need to hear that. Over and over, we need to hear that we are truly forgiven of all of our sin. We forget that so much. We are forgiven. We need to hear that because of what Jesus has done on the cross, dying for our sins, accepting that, like it says in Acts 10.43, that everyone who believes in Jesus receives forgiveness of their sins through his name. Uh, We need to hear and accept what the Bible says about justification, Paul says, a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ. You know what's interesting? God does not accept us based on what we do, but on what Christ has done. So he accepts us. He doesn't make us earn his acceptance. This is, text is saying don't make God earn His your acceptance of him. Just take him for who he is in the word that's what changes us uh, thinking and hearing and accepting what the bible says about the new heavens and new earth that one day will be delivered to a place where there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain all of these things these basic things that we hear and accept and are christians but then we don't stop there that's the key interpreting all of God's words we don't stop there we also need to hear and accept what the Bible says on marriage and hear and accept what the Bible says about parenting what the Bible says about work what the Bible says about school what the Bible says about the poor or suffering or money or sex or success or failure as we hear and accept what this book says about all of life we are transformed we grow we flourish think about that catechism answer that we said earlier in the service that it was by his powerful word that we flourish it says everything we said everything flourished under his loving rule man that's good news right that these things that he's calling us to as we hear and accept the word it leads to us flourishing in christ you know jesus uses this seed metaphor not only for the Reality that helps us understand that these things happen over time, but also because of what he knows about seeds. Think about what he says in John 12:24. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat or a seed falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And that's the gospel. That Jesus is the true seed who came into the world to die. So that you and I could have life and have it to the full. So that we would be able to, by faith, hear the word, accept it, and flourish. Let's do that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we know that there there will always be some things we don't understand. Uh, You've showed us in your word that we will understand way more in heaven than we do now. But you've also shown us in your word that we can understand things right now. Through a relationship with your beloved son. And it's hard, Lord, to accept your word sometimes. It's, um, your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. It's hard for us. And so we pray for courage. We pray for you to give us the strength we need through your Holy Spirit. To just flat out accept your word is true. And then to experience the joy of being made new. Of being transformed. Of flourishing. We pray for flourishing. And we pray that you would bring it about and that we would turn back to you and give you all the praise and glory. For you alone deserve it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.